Alright, welcome to Goonies World. My name is Goonie, also known as Colin, and I'm joined by Meanie, also known as Ryan. Hello. And Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean. Hello, everybody. And guess what? What? I'm not running anything today, so it's so exciting. Yes, I'm going to run something today, and it is very exciting. Because in real life, I like to run games a lot, but... Uh, we're going to primary, really. I mean, yes, yes. Well, it's, maybe it's because I have the biggest mouth. <laughs> but uh, anyway, though, we are going to play a game called the Spy Game, which you can find it on Drive Through RPG for one dollar. <laughs> set the stage. It is sometime in the 1980s and our game begins six stories beneath the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. in a place called Annex X which is the secret North American headquarters of Agency X. The agency's existence is known only to a very small handful of influential people in the world and it's been around since World War II and today is uh, aligned roughly with the interest of NATO and the West in general but it was formed to check an equally secret organization called the Cabal, which was founded by ex-Nazis and uh, political criminals that sought to, to kind of destabilize the world after World War II, and they're still at it. They need to topple governments and economics and things like that for their own nefarious purposes. But both Agency X and the Cabal maintain their secrecy by infiltrating other intelligence organizations when they can. They use their resources and influence their policies and operations. And so only very few agents work directly for the agency, and those that do are uh, recruited on a case-to-case basis. It's not always the best and the brightest who end up working for the agency, but it's often those whose fate has just brought them into contact with it somehow. And today, Niles... Agent, uh, Agent Niles Thorpe. Yes. A veteran. Yes. He's uh, been summoned to a meeting with Section Director Alexander Keene, deep in the heart of Annex X. So, Niles, you enter this large office, which is dominated by this huge mahogany desk, and there's models of uh, U.S. and British sailing ships on the walls. And there are lots of telephones all over the desk, all in different colors. And Section Director Alexander Keene, who's your boss, he's older than you even, but he has a baby face, uh, which gives him a, a, a strange, you know, appearance. Uh, he has these haunting blue eyes as well, and uh, he gestures for you to sit down in one of these big red leather chairs, and he's tapping out a pipe in the in this crystal ashtray. And uh, uh, Niles, yeah, since. Uh, since we've never met your character before, and it's our first game, can you just describe what you look like and a little bit about your background? Um, <clears throat> he is... I don't want to, like, copy Austin Powers too much, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, like, he was in the 60s, like, he was kind of a wild man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his prime, and he has since kind of aged uh, a lot (laughs) and um, so he's still getting used to that and um, as far as what he looks like I don't know he's like he is balding 
Um, and uh, I would say he just has like dark hair, just sort of average. I don't think anything about him like necessarily stands out. Probably a good thing for a spy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Agent Thorpe, it's good to see you again. Welcome. Welcome. Likewise. Yes. How have you been keeping? Oh, I'm doing fine. Yes. How, how's the hip? Nice. <laughs> It's 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 in recovery. I think I'm uh, good to go. Well, well, yes. Now listen, uh, Niles. I'd like to introduce you to someone. All right, and uh, you know it's really not the agency's uh, policy to work in a partner's type of situation. No, no, uh, it's not. That being said, uh, you're uh, you're a little slow in Jamaica last summer, you know, and cost you four months in rehab, and. Uh, you know, we got new blood coming in, and you are a gold mine of experience. That's true. As a young agent, I'd like you to work with him, show him the ropes a little bit. Well, that's unusual. Uh, as you know, I am somewhat of a rogue. Um, that's true. But if you're bringing in someone for me to, I would assume... I guess mentor. Yes, that would be one way to put it. Yes, and in the and in return, he's a he's a young fit fellow, and I feel certain he can he can watch your back and maybe avoid any more of those incidents like we had in Jamaica. Well, he must be a very sophisticated gentleman then. He's one of the best young agents I've come across in all my years of doing this. Now he was a bit of a surprise. Uh, nevertheless. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and uh, have him come in. Uh, Rose, would you send in uh, Agent Rigatoni, please? Right. Well, his door opens again, and a gentleman walks in and uh, has a seat in the chair. And uh, once you introduce uh, what he looks like and maybe a little bit of his background. So he looks basically like... John Travolta and Welcome Back Cotter. He's got like the feathered, like long dark hair, you know, with the 80s feathering kind of going up. He's got like a black, like leather jacket, like a biker kind of jacket on. He's tall um, and kind of like stacked, you know, like yeah. swole, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's like looking around. He looks skeptical at this entire situation. Agent Rigatoni, welcome. Come on in. Come on in. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. I'd like you to meet Agent Niles Thorpe. You're going to be working with him. <laughs> yes, Agent... Th uh, what was your name? Rigatoni? Yeah, Vinny Rigatoni. Don't you forget it. I see you're already in character doing a, doing a, a, an actor, just a, a role for future missions, I assume. What's this guy talking about over here? Well, you have to understand, Niles is old school. He's old school, but no, no, this is uh, this is Vinny's. This is Vinny himself. Uh, it's not part of a a, a role. <laughs> I see. But anyway, fellas, I'm gonna need you to work together. You got strengths that can complement each other, and uh, I'm gonna tell you all about uh, your mission. First of all, you may smoke if you wish, and he. Loads up his pipe and lights it, puffs it a few times. Do your character smoke? Yeah, Vinny's got, like, some unfiltered camels. All right, all right. He's going to pull one out and smoke it. Uh, yeah, I pr I'm probably a pipe smoker as well. Okay, very much. <laughs> yeah, you will be. Here, have a fill of mine, he says, passes his, his fine tobacco across mm, the... Yeah. It smells like Cavendish. Well, 
So there are many worse things, many worse smells that have come from this office over the years, believe me. No, that's, that's, seen that's a lot. pleasant. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm not much of a pipe smoker. I, I I've heard of Cavendish. Clearly, no, you I'm all know so more about pipe smoking than me, a dedicated <laughs> pipe smoker. Yeah. But it's not pipe smoking I asked you here today to talk about. Have either of you gentlemen ever heard the songs of humpback whales? Songs? Yes, they're beautiful. Whales? Yes, the whales have they whale songs. Sing? Well, they're not songs as you and I might think of them, but uh, <laughs> some people find them like quite... Like fucking Bee Gees. Ah, well, some people might find them a little bit more beautiful than the Bee Gees. Listen here. And he takes out this uh, old-school cassette tape player out of the drawer of his desk, and he presses play. And uh, indeed, you hear this haunting and strange whale song. Now, he hands each of you a file folder, manila file folder, marked for your eyes only. It's got like a seal on it. He gestures that you can open the seal. Inside you'll find a letter written by the eminent biologist Emile Girard to the President of the United States. It's, uh, let's see here, it's, uh, September, it's already a month old here. It's now, the letter says, as you guys take a look at it, you scan it, it says, Dear Mr. President, while tracking humpback whales in the North Atlantic last month, we recorded whale songs of a type never heard before. It seems the whales have a secret, and this new whale song is the key. I assure you, it rises to the level of a national security risk, or I would not presume to contact you. We're currently analyzing the whale song with our computers. To confirm my hypothesis, I will advise you of our findings as soon as possible. And it's signed Dr. Emile Girard, Center for Marine Studies, Boston. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, Dr. Girard's hypothesis has been given, well, fresh credence recently because he's been missing for 36 hours. Uh, the fucking Soviets. Well... We don't want to jump to any conclusions, but my fear is that the Cabal may be involved. The truth is, we don't know. If it is the Cabal, they're likely to be working through the KGB. But the day before yesterday, Dr. Gerard met with a Cambridge professor, uh, Dr. Charity Pinch. She's a computer science professor, and she's been developing a computer <laughs> program. A computer science. <laughs> well, a stranger, th stranger things have happened. But yes, I will have to agree and, and laugh just a little that it's quite uh, amusing. Well, don't, don't laugh when you meet her because you're going to be meeting her soon. Uh, he was meeting with her, Dr. Gerard was. She was developing the computer program that was going to analyze these whale songs, which were clearly abnormal. Anyway, after this meeting, Dr. Gerard said he was going straight home, but he never made it. Now, we believe he's been kidnapped not just disappeared entirely, especially after this letter to the president. And he has the whale song with him. Now, Professor Charity Pinch has a copy of the tape. Now she fears for her own safety. And she'd like to turn it over, so she made contact with uh, the Defense Intelligence Agency. We intercepted that communique. And so you will be going to meet her, posing as agents from the Defense Intelligence Agency. And... Defense Intelligence Yes, the Agency. DIA. And, uh... So, hold, 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 wait, hold up, hold up. So, she's writing the program on a computer yes. to analyze the whale songs? That's right, that's right. See what they could possibly mean. Amazing what they can do with computers in the 1980s. That's crazy. And, um, 
this was somehow uh, a matter of secure, national security? Well, I would be as skeptical as you if not for the fact that Dr. Gerard has disappeared. It's got to be the fucking Soviets. They, they've got their hands in a lot, just as we do. But we'll know more when you can get a copy of this tape. Now, Dr. Charity Pinch has, of course, insisted on meeting in a public place. So you'll be meeting her at the New Devon Mall in suburban Boston. Apparently, it's famous for its butterfly garden. Did you say Devon? New Devon. Yes, I uh, well, Is that named after Devon of England? That's where I'm from. <laughs> That's an amazing coincidence. Sometimes called Devonshire. It's in the southwest of England. I assume since it's a suburb of Boston, then you're very correct. Yes. At any rate... Yeah, we used to be British. <laughs> I am British. Well, yeah, but... I mean, Americans, you know. Yes, well, one of the strengths of agency Where, is where are you from? You sound like you're from... Uh, the ghetto, or... The ghetto? <laughs> What's this fucker talking about? No, man, I come from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Oh, yes, I, I've heard of that I was place. born in the USA. Yes. Of course, New Jersey also, of course, named after. But, but we digress with this whole naming business. And one of the beauties of Agency X is that we can recruit from all over the world, being an international organization. And at any rate, we have to find out whether... This really is a national security issue. If the whales are all suddenly saying something different that's making eminent biologists stand up and take notice, we have to know what it is. We don't know what the whales are saying, but we would like the whales on our side, gentlemen. So, uh, go ahead and requisition any gear you think you might need to take Um. with you. Now, you guys can pick three things from the list of gear right here and write them down in your inventory three things that you think you might want to have with you. And for those of you listening, there's a simple list of spy gadgets such as cigarette dart guns and uh, disguised garrote and some such things like that. Also, you'll want to come up with fake names to use for your defense intelligence agency badges. We'll We'll have all those things made up for you within the hour, says Keen. Can mine, can mine just be uh, Tony Rigavini? What, whatever you, whatever you're gonna feel comfortable with. That's the important thing about a good, a good uh, false identity. Something that will roll off the tongue for you. And I do hope you enjoy butterflies, because apparently the butterfly gardens at this mall are uh, the wonder of the Eastern Seaboard for butterfly aficionados. That is. Alright, well, I'm gonna take one of these, uh, pens that looks like a- or a grenade that looks like a pen. Fine, fine, be careful with that. Make sure and click it twice uh, before it, you throw it. Is that, uh, is that really wise to give this young man a grenade? Uh, he's been through our most rigorous training, and, uh, despite that he may be a little unorthodox, we have utter faith in his abilities. In fact, he reminds me a lot of the way you used to be long ago. You remember swinging London, don't you? Yeah, he's probably shagging all the ladies. I bedded many, many ladies in my day, and I still do. There was a day day when his activities were something of an embarrassment to some of us, but nevertheless, he always got the job done. And you do well to remember that, young Vinny. Learn what you can from this man. 
Anyway, what else did you take there? A uh, mini cassette recorder, and uh, I'm gonna take uh, take this uh, cigarette that uh, is really a dot gun. I'm gonna stick it in my pack of camels here. Fine, that's an excellent idea. Rose, mark that off the inventory, please. You've never met Rose either. He just speaks to Rose through a through an intercom on his desk. And uh, now, Agent Thorpe. What, what will you be uh, taking with you out of the uh, equipment bay? False ID, syringe with sodium pent pentothal, uh, yes. and tracking device. All right, I'll, I'll remind you to use that syringe responsibly. Not for extracurricular activities, now. Oh, yes. 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 I'm sure you remember Lithuania, 1974? Yes, well, it's no longer acceptable to use this... Uh, on um, your dates. Yes. <laughs> the times are changing. It's, it's just very. Um, who's the president? Are we going with Reagan? The, okay. Yeah, that Hollywood Reagan. Just don't even get me started. Nevertheless, he's been. Don't even get me started, as I say. No. Mm. After you guys check out uh, your equipment to get your IDs together for you. And soon enough, in fact, only about two hours later, your 727 Stratajet touches down at Logan International in Boston. And a rental car is waiting, a gray Ford LTD. And 45 minutes later, you're approaching New Devon Mall, which is one of the largest indoor shopping malls yet constructed with three levels, 300 shops. All of it surrounds this central butterfly garden. It's outdoor. You know, the central part is open to the air. And this butterfly garden is famous all up and down the eastern seaboard. And it's mid-afternoon. Uh, it's the very beginning of September. And so all the teenagers are out of the mall. Nevertheless, it's still pretty crowded. And as you, you park the LTD and walk in, and you all the sights and sounds and smells of a huge 1980s shopping mall are all around you. And near the entrance that you walk through, when you walk in, is a huge arcade. And uh, yeah, we Lens all. Lens Castle. Yeah, lights and sounds and, and and everything from there. And that's sounds are still in the background as you walk past this huge pyramid of uh, Puma tennis shoes that are sitting up front uh, outside of a Foot Locker. And this kid's walking out wearing ET shoes from Buster Brown. And there's a kiosk selling great big gigantic pretzels. And, and this Muzak fills the air. Anyway, there's um, there's uh, an overweight mall security guard walks by, but doesn't really even do a... He doesn't even do a double take. He seems fairly oblivious. Look at that fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, do they have one of those places with the giant fucking cookies? Yeah, they do. The, the giant cookie place. Yeah, it's I down bet, on the food court. I bet that it's where that fat ass eats all the time. Oh, yes. He's, he's quite the lord ass. Yeah, well, the manager gives him free cookies to, you know, uh, keep an extra eye out. <laughs> He's not going to let anything happen to the giant cookie place. Yeah, that's true. It's like pretty sick pain protection. That's true. Anyway, keeping an eye out for the giant cookie place, you make your way, I assume, to the butterfly garden where you're supposed to be meeting Charity Pinch and getting a copy of the, the whale song tape. Now, the butterfly garden's very easy to find because it's right in the center of the whole mall. 
And you have to go down an escalator to get to it, and you go past the Orange Julius stand and the food court. Oh, there's a giant cookie place for future reference. Yeah. You want to get a giant cookie before you go outside? Fuck yeah. All right. That's not professional. Well, you know, we're... Well, maybe for you it would fit, but I can't be seen eating a giant cookie. Well, we're... we're I've got a lady to seduce... You're not going to seduce Welcome to Giant Cookie universe. World. What kind of giant cookie can I treat you with today? Uh, I just want a chocolate chip with, like, uh, the fucking M&M's in it, you know? Marty, give us the classic. Classic plus M&M's. Well, soon enough, you, you've got your giant cookie. It's got some, like, uh, wax paper you can hold it with. And you push your way out into the butterfly garden. <laughs> you, distinguished... I can see that. That'd be a good scene. I can see you walking out the door, you know, looking like a badass spy. Maybe it's in slow motion, and then behind you comes Vinny with the giant cookie. Like, I imagine mouthful. in my what I'm imagining is the Niles. Niles, what's your name? Niles, yeah. Yes. It's like in a suit, maybe with like a bowler hat or something, <laughs> you know. Like, and, I, and Vinny's just like walking behind him with a, in a leather jacket with yeah. jeans, with like ripped fucking knees, and a fucking cookie. Giant like, cookie. <laughs> Getting crumbs everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's probably not what Niles expected at all from a, a bright young agent. He's among the best that the, the agency's ever trained. Now, we're when we meet this woman, we're supposed to be in character. Uh, yeah, in you're character. supposed to be in your, your, your uh, defense, <clears throat> intelligence, defense intelligence agency agents. That's who she contacted. And uh, like the agency that you work for normally does, they, they monitor traffic and get to things before the DI ever knows about it, that sort of thing. But uh, you can see why this butter garden's famous for butterflies, because they are all over the place. And this is a big octagonal open area with, like, mall all around it on all sides. And three stories above you, of course, it's open to the sky. And there's a playground, you know, that little kids are playing on. There's benches and little walks. And then there's this area of about a half acre with pebbles and little mirrors and all the little things that butterflies like. So they're flittering all around. And there's this stunning, gorgeous redhead with glasses and a summer dress sitting on a bench near the butterfly garden. And she's clutching this large purse so tightly that her knuckles are white. She's looking about nervously. They gave us uh, IDs for the, from the DIA? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, it looks like that's probably her. She certainly looks like she's got she's got all the body language of waiting for someone and being I frightened. Don't, I don't think that's her. I I think that's... I was expecting a lesbian from, from what I've been told is uh, some kind of scientist. This woman is much too... <laughs> <laughs> It's much too beautiful. Uh, I think uh, I think this has got to be your man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna approach her. I'm gonna and I, I like get out my uh, DIA ID. Oh dear! And I walk up to her. Uh, pardon me, ma'am. Uh, she start she startled, but she was, yes. Were you expecting to meet somebody? I'm not sure you're the person I was expecting to meet. Uh, but I am. Oh, you have your ID out. Yeah, I'm Tony. Yeah. I'm Tony Rigavini oh. from the DIA. I'm sorry he startled you. You look like more what I imagined. Yes, of course. But you're also very young and fit. Well, it's but you're so distinguished. 
That's true. I'm 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 Dr. Charity Pinch, the Cambridge Computer Labs. I have yes. something something to give you. I I, I feel oh, safe here. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I feel safe here at this butterfly garden. That's why I wanted to meet here. I've I've been coming here ever since uh I ever since I moved here. I've been coming here for years. We almost didn't recognize you. It was your glasses that gave you away. Oh, really? Well, she takes them off all of a sudden. And she's got bright blue, big baby blue eyes like Fay Ray. And, uh, anyway, well, as I was telling the man on the phone at the, at the DIA, I, 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 uh, I was trying to help analyze these, these whale songs that my colleague Dr. Gerard brought to me. We, we put the whole uh, lab at our... Uh, to work on it, but it's it's a complex part. We need DIA computers, and after his disappearance, I just don't feel comfortable taking this. Now, what do you guys know about humpback whales, anyway? Well, I know a lot, uh, actually. Uh, I'm I'm a whale biologist. Oh, oh, that's good. They sent the right man. Then you don't look like a whale biologist. Well, you don't look like a computer programmer. <laughs> I guess that's true. However. If you have these recordings, we need to take them back to DIA headquarters and have them analyzed by our mainframes. Oh, of course, of course. I have them right here in my bag. Uh, you would just hand them over? You don't want to, uh, be, uh, convinced to hand them over? <laughs> this is highly unusual. No, I called. I, I, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. It's getting dangerous. These, there's something about those whale songs. When I heard them, they're very... Now, I'm no whale expert, but I've heard whale songs, and I have an interest in marine biology. That's why I'm friends with Dr. Gerard. But these whale songs are very complex and insistent-sounding. And, you know, usually just the males are the ones that we hear singing. We've always assumed it has something to do with mating. But all of the whales of all ages and genders, they're all singing. Uh, They're very insistent. Anyway, that's what Dr. Gerard said. It's... the, the, it was very haunting, the sound of it. So, I mean, this butterfly flies up into her face and she brushes it away, but suddenly zooms in and lands on her face for a moment and she swoons just the second the butterfly lands. I she, pinch, it, pinch it by the wing so it can't take off again. Reach out and pinch it. Ooh. Well, that's uh, boy, it's a fast little tiny butterfly. Why don't you make a body roll as you reach out? Yes, yes. And Ryan is rolling... A seven or less on a D10, and he rolled a two, and so, zip, you've got just what you wanted. She, she uh, looks, she stays awake just long enough to look surprised, and then slumps over into your arms. All right. Uh, there on the park bench, and you're holding what looks like a tiny little robotic butterfly. She has a little sting oh. on her cheek. I haven't heard of this technology before. Fucking robot butterflies. Fucking Russians, man, I'm telling you. I don't know if this is Russian. We'll have to analyze this robot and see. And it's very advanced by the looks of it. Yeah, why don't you why don't you pick up the broad and uh we'll uh gosh, I don't even know uh where to take her. Uh to hospital, maybe? Uh she's been poisoned oh. or something. Well, you could try to figure that out. She's gonna look at right now. She's like she fell asleep, but uh, it's hard to say. Does she, does she? I'm gonna look to see like 
Does she have a little, uh, like, puncture wound? Well, when you lean in to examine it more closely, you see there's a little hand reaching up behind, from behind the bench towards the purse. Well, I'm gonna grab the purse and and simultaneously to grabbing, at reaching out, to grabbing at the purse. I'm gonna dive at the arm. Well, that sounds like a body roll. But what are you doing? You guys see that the arm is connected to like an olive skin, like Mediterranean-looking young woman, maybe in her early twenties, wearing a black uh, blouse and black jeans. And uh, well, I'm holding her, so yeah, yeah she's I'm still gonna have to. On you. Set her down gently. You try to grab the girl, but she slips out of your hands and runs towards a tree. I'm running after her. Yeah, and you chase after her. Meanwhile, uh, as you look around and you see up on the balcony, uh, again, there's three floors. They're all all looking out onto the butterfly garden. Up on the second floor, there's a man with uh, sunglasses and spiky blonde hair and like a big shouldered jacket. You see him, he's... He just catches, you know, in your peripheral vision as you're laying her down, but then he flips around and runs off really quick as well. And, uh, so far, there's not been that much big of a disturbance, but you're running through a crowded area now chasing a lady, so a few people have started to stop and stare. And Anyway, what did you say you were doing well, I'm gonna when s- I pointed that I'm, guy I'm out? sitting, her, her, laying her down. Yeah, just kind of gently laying her down on the bench. Uh... I don't want to leave her, but I think she'll be... I gotta go after this other guy that I saw. Okay, well, meanwhile, you run off after him, but you're chasing this... this uh, Did I get the... You've got the purse. Okay. So you're, like, running, dressed like you're dressed, carrying this woman's purse, running, except you're chasing the person. It looks like the opposite of a purse-snatching scene. Um, I'm just gonna start getting, like, Hey, you forgot something! Ma'am! Ma'am, you forgot something! Well, she, like, tears through this kid's play area, and ducks around behind the merry-go-round and pulls out a Walther PPK and fires at you. And tag! Oh! Hits you on... It's gonna, looks like a, she's gonna hit you unless you can dive out of the way. Dive down, yeah, dive down behind the merry-go-round, which you do. And then she, she like swings the merry-go-round, mostly just to be dramatic. When you pop your head back up, She's uh, running over towards the slide. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I'm not going to start taking shots in a mall, so I'm going to just run after her. That's very uh, good guy of you. Because there are this is a child's play area. So you charge towards the bottom of the slide. She's actually running like she's going to climb up the slide. You realize there's a tree that she can jump onto, like the branch. If she can just get up to the top of the slide, she can probably get up you know, out onto the... The roof itself, if she gets into that tree. Anyway, meanwhile, you go chasing off after the spiky-haired blonde guy with the with the glasses, and uh, he was on the second floor. Like I said, the easiest way to go there is there's an escalator. Uh, but uh, to get to the to get to the up escalator, you're gonna have to go all the way around to the other end. But the down escalator comes through here. Do you want to go up the down escalator? Yeah. Uh, well, there's this there's this group of teens that must be skipping school. Because it's supposed to be school right now. But uh, they're coming down, and you come... Hey, watch out, old man. Look at the crazy old man. Shut up. Out of the way. Elbow your way past them. They start being dicks about it. And, uh, like, they don't really shove you, but they just, like, won't move their bodies. Make a body roll. See if you still got it in you to push past these kids. What was that strength you had back in the 60s? Right on it. Right on it. Whoa! That's a healthy old man. She's one of them. Back off. Well, 
you make it to the top, you, you get up to the top of the uh, escalator, step out, um, look both ways, and uh, you see him standing right in the entrance of Pier 1 Imports, and he ducks into it. Assume you run over there after him. Yep. Anyway, meanwhile, uh, you've seen what, she, what she's done, climbing to the top of the of the slide. Um, she's running. You said you're chasing her, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's running and you're running. Now, you're a little bit more athletic than her, my match. So let's both roll our dice. And, uh, oh. Well, I'm afraid you had a critical failure and she has had a critical success. Yeah. So. But zero's less than one. No. <laughs> well, you trip over like a little uh, brick that's edging the walkway and fall down, not enough to hurt yourself, but it gives her plenty of time to get up to the top of the slide. She grabs a little kid and like pushes him out of the way. The kid's like, ah, falls down the slide backwards. And then she jumps up onto the tree like a little Tarzan. And she's like halfway up into the tree on her way up to What's the roof. What's behind her? Just empty space. Oh, right. Oh, well, if you were to shoot her from right now at that angle, eh, maybe you might hit the edge of the roof. Worst case scenario, on a critical failure, you could shoot into a glass window, you know. But, but there's no innocent people. No, because she's climbing up in a tree. I'm you, shoot. you got a good angle. All right. Crack! And you hit her. She's hurt. She might fall out of the tree, but she doesn't. She hangs on in the tree, but she's in no shape to be climbing, and she's... Uh, you can hear her grunting. By now, people are screaming and running out of the way. You see that great big mall cop over at the uh, the other end, and he starts coming towards you, but as you guys have already observed, he moves a little slow. Um, you know, it's probably only a matter of time before someone calls the police now, but you guys do have your IDs. Meanwhile... At the top, so you, you tagged her, she's up in the tree and she's struggling. Meanwhile, you see him duck into the Pier 1 imports and you rush after him. And right when you walk in, this huge pile of wicker chairs and furniture just falls over. He's pushing it right, he's pushing it on you when you run in. Make a body roll to try to dodge out of the way. Oh, you did. Oh, wow, they say you're old. It's muscle memory. Yeah, he just dodged right out of the way in this big uh, pyramid of wicker chairs. Uh, uh, and, and end tables falls down and he's running into the uh, the back where the employees only um, area of the Pier 1 imports and then he takes a shot at you boo 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 how dare you that's more, really more like a crack and he's gonna hit you if you don't dodge out of the way or duck and again that's a body roll so you wanna roll a 5 or less I will try to and duck you, yeah you get the big pile of wicker a big pile of wicker chairs you can duck behind. Oh, no. Oh, no, tag. Boom! Ah, you're tagged. Maybe Alexander Keene was right. Anyway, just take a graze in the shoulder, but you're hurt. Ah. Now, there's no game effect on this because you're not dying yet, but you're hurt. You got a little bit of a, a flesh wound on the shoulder. So you can mark hurt on your character sheet. Just uh, so we all remember that. I, I would have dodged that 20 years ago. Well, what do you, well, well, what do, you do? Now, does this tracking device I have, what does that look like? Uh, well, it's just like a very small thing. You can go plant it on somebody and then follow them around with a little receiver. Okay. It's really it about the size of a wristwatch. Okay, so I have to get, like, make touch contact, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, now do I have, like, just besides this stuff that we took, do we have anything else? Like, Yeah, you have your... 
everybody has a Walther PBK and a little communicator wristwatch. Oh, okay. Which I should have pointed out earlier, but... Well... It's a now default for all characters. He's in the employees Well, he's only. he just ducked into it. He just yeah. ducked into the employees only in the back. But he's... So he's not... Seeing they're shooting at me anymore? Or? No, he just like he just shot took and ran. a shot and ran. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will run after him. All right. Meanwhile, uh, she's very slow. She's, she's scooted her body away around the other side of the tree. But if you just want to keep shooting her until she falls out of the tree, I do not then, want to do that. Then there's um, not too many rolls needed there. I want to get up because uh-huh. I tripped. Or That's right. You know. And um, don't forget your purse. <laughs> Not forgetting my purse, uh, and very quickly just say into my watch something like, "Now I had to shoot her. I had to shoot the bitch. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can get her out of the tree." And then I'm gonna run up the slide uh, tree. All right, hop up into the tree. Well, when you you jump on the branch, and I say DIA. And Get on the ground, or she, the branch. <laughs> she's she's still pushing her way backwards. She's bleeding. You you hit her in the side, and she's holding. You can see the blood gushing out, you know, between her fingers. And she keeps uh, she's pushing her way back along another branch that's leaning up against the third story of the roof. So she's not stopping just because you're telling her to. But there's fear in her eyes, and she's and you see she's hurt pretty bad. Stop right, we'll shoot again, ma'am. Alright, make a make a soul roll for the strength of your personality here. Oh critical success. She slumps, her shoulders slump. She tosses the Walther PPK onto the ground where the mall cop finally <gasps> comes up and picks it up. And she puts her hands well, she hops lightly out of the tree first and oh lands hard. And then puts her hands behind her head, and you hop down afterwards. Meanwhile, you run after him, and you see he's gone out into the service hallway behind the store, like the hallway nobody knows about, the public never goes in, and he's running down the steps. But again, he turns and shoots at you right when you stick your head out the door. Boom! But he misses, and it just... Do you want to take a shot back? Yeah, if there's nobody... No, it's just you and him in the service hallway. He's about to run down. He's going into a, a... He's gone to the end of the hallway, and he's opened a door that is a stairway that will lead down into the food court, or behind the food court. That's where he's trying to get to. But you have time to get a shot off. I just kind of want to shoot him non-lethally if I can. Well, you can, unless you you can hit him in the knee or something like that. Yeah. Um, So what do I roll? This is a body roll. No. Misses and he ducks into the doorway. Damn. Now you can catch up and uh, he's already made it to the bottom of the steps, but you see there's a swinging door at the bottom of the steps. Yeah. So he's just gone in there. I'll follow him in. The second you walk in, you hear this sizzling sound and he's he's in the back of an A&W and he's throwing the, the, the hot grease basket. He's hurled it at you. Dodge and get out of the way. Oh no! Sevens. Ah! Now, luckily, it doesn't hit you on the face, but it's like and it's burning through your your clothes, and you're already hurt, and you're starting to feel weak, and you start feeling your heart like you're dying, like you're gonna you're gonna get in serious trouble if you don't 
his medical God attention. Damn it. And then he, uh, you, you see, you look out, he, he gives you a smirk, a real smug look from underneath those black sunglasses. You'll pay for this. And then he hops the, hops the counter, brandishes his gun at the terrified employees, hops the counter and starts to run away unless you, uh... Can I, like, try to throw this, uh, tracking device? I think it's... I think he's, you know, he's wearing a... It would just have to just somehow land on and get wedged in his clothing, so I think that's possible. I think it should be hard. Yeah. Which would be a minus two, which would mean a three or less. What kind of... What is he wearing? He's wearing a big black jacket with shoulder pads, like a like a suit jacket, but with the sleeves pushed up to the shoulders, you know? Okay. And it's got big shoulder pads and black like, sunglasses. For, like a, any pockets at all? blonde like hair. On his... well, they got big pockets on the side of a sports coat, yeah. Or on the... Does he have breast oh, pockets? Yeah, but he's running away from you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if you could aim and hit that. Well, yeah, it's a long shot. I'll try it. Not that any of this is too realistic, but... Flick it on flick him. It, you know, classic flick. My slow motion flick, and it's going to be hard. So that's two minus your, whatever your body is, so it's a three or less, but you never know. Body? Yeah. Slow motion. Oh, critical, critical success. Yes. And it flies through the air in slow motion, pirouetting, <laughs> and lands... Not even in the side pocket where it's easy to hit, but in the very almost impossible to hit breast pocket of his suit. And uh, gotcha. he's he's too busy brandishing his gun and scaring people, and he runs off. Uh, <sighs> meanwhile, uh, I assume you guys meet back up in the mall security room, which is the first place the guy would have taken you. Whoa! He said, Sure is the DIA right here at New Devon Mall. I never thought I'd live to see the day, says the uh, mall cop. So what'd she do anyway? Well, it's none of your concern. This is a national security matter, ma'am. And she, and she just sits there and is absolutely sullen. What? Are you willing to talk? <clears throat> you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be. I didn't even know we were supposed to say that. Yes, I did. <laughs> you, you didn't know about the, the Miranda law? Yes, I did. Well, he is British. That's true. That's the, 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 they say something different in Britain, probably. I don't know. I think they do. They say, what's all this, then? <laughs> <laughs> That's all we were required hello, to say. Hello, hello, What's all this, then? Hello, governor. <laughs> Would you like a barrister? <laughs> Oh, or some vinegar on your fish and chips. Oh, malt vinegar, some pasta. That's your right. <laughs> well, just, look, I don't know much. I was just supposed to take the purse, all right? My friend's going to cause a distraction. I was going to take the purse. Hmm. Who hired you? And what happened to the computer lady, by the way? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys would not have run off and left her. She's uh, she's recovering nicely. Yes. Uh, she's She's... I also coherent. need to charity pinch recover. She's she's lying down on the couch next to the water cooler in the security office, and she's oh, what happened? You fainted into what? my uh, you swooned into me uh, into you. Oh yes, there was a robot butterfly, ma'am. Yes, but I don't know if that was the reason why you swooned. I told you I was in danger. Oh, thank you have the tape right. Correct. Give me my purse back then, please. Oh, I take the tape out of the purse then, I guess, and give it back to her. 
Anyway, the, the you should have kept this tape uh, in your cleavage. That is the standard method. <laughs> you have a lot to learn, madam. I suppose so. I did the right thing by calling the DIA, though. Thank God you guys came. Oh yes, I'm just. I've got third-degree burns all over my body. Oh really? You do look terrible, and we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have to get you some serious medical attention. He's obviously he's really messed up. Uh, and Cycles red and flaking <laughs> off. And yeah, and he's been shot in the arm. Yes, and so EMTs have arrived by this time, and uh, I think I might swoon into your arms, madam. Oh, oh, oh. that's cute. <laughs> No, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm <laughs> barely conscious now. You're so brave. Anyway, uh, so you guys want I should call the DIA and get them out here? No, uh, I've been in communication with my... Oh, I'm see. I mean, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I've been in communication with my superiors. Oh, right, right. Sure, sure you have, sure you have. They're aware of the situation. Anyway, the woman just sits there. Uh, so you're going to arrest me? Yes, you're under arrest. <sighs> Look... Well, I'll tell you, I don't know who it was. It's just, there's a, there's a man. He was big. He was the biggest guy I've ever seen. He had a thick, thick. It neck. was the security guard. He had a thick. No, what the, the thick fat ass? <laughs> You're under arrest. Hey, says the security guard. <laughs> I resemble that remark. I resent that remark. Anyway, she said no. He had a tattoo on his neck, oh. and that's what. It's just a black diamond. That's all it was. That's all I know. Come on, let black me go. Diamond. So. This man hired you. Yeah. How much did he pay you? Five hundred dollars. To take the purse. Yeah. And he, he was just. And he hired. There was, he had another guy with him, a blonde guy, a spiky hair. That's the guy. He, he had yeah. a little like video game controller with him. I didn't know what he was. Yeah, doing. he was controlling the butterfly. It looked like a like an Atari joystick. Now, how old uh, are you, Miss? 27 years old. Just had bad luck, that's all. Let me go, come on. Too old to be spanked, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm afraid we're going to have to let the local authorities deal with you, ma'am. That's right. Local authorities right here, says the mall cop, and he takes her back and puts her in his little mall cop jail cell. But by now, I mean, the actual police have arrived. And, and no disrespect to mall cops, they serve vital functions, and they're not all fat ass. <laughs> but... Uh, the, the real police get there, and they have no reason to disbelieve your DIA credentials. And um, Dr. Charity Pinch says, I'm so discombobulated. I don't know if I should drive home. Do you think that... Uh, do you think you could take me back to my house? Uh, one of you gentlemen, I, I'll send a, I'll send my secretary back here for my vehicle tomorrow when I get to work. We exchange knowing glances. <laughs> I've got to... I hurt all over. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to say that you've already left an ambulance to go to the local hospital. Well, I've, so I guess it's going to have I've to be. I've got my LTD. I guess it's going to have to be. Otherwise, Niles would have uh, taken her I'm to sure, the I'm bedroom. I'm sure he would have. Had his way. Well. Or he, that's what he thinks. Once you get to the hospital, you're very quickly intercepted by agency personnel and uh, put on a helicopter and flown back to Washington where they get you into their finest facilities that they've got in Annex X, where they have uh, medical capabilities that are beyond those of uh, 
regular science. Meanwhile, uh, driving through a neighborhood in Cambridge, red brick buildings all covered with ivy, and by now it's dusk. And you drive her back uh, to her place. Do you think? Do you think he'll be okay? I imagine he will be. Yes, he's a very, very good agent, a very tough man. Uh, we have, and of course, at the. Um, I imagine he was taken to a local hospital, then flown by a helicopter back to DIA headquarters, where he'll be treated by the finest medical minds. Well, I hope so. Listen, I know you probably can't, but. When they find out what those whales are saying, when those DIA computers finally crack it, would you, would you tell me? Uh, absolutely. In fact, um, as I'm driving, I like pull the tape out and I put it in the in the cassette player on the car and start playing it. And I say, well, you know, uh, as a whale biologist, I might be able to translate this for you. Really? Just off the top of your head, she does look a little skeptical. Well, I mean, not verbatim. Well, of course not verbatim. But, you know, I, I, I can get a sense of what I think the whales are trying to communicate. Meanwhile, you're getting, like, an extra long shot in your upper thigh. This is going to hurt a little bit. And, ah. and they're, they're getting balms and salves and things like that put all over your burns. And, and uh, being, being, being treated by a small army of doctors and nurses. Alexander Keene, section director, standing behind a glass window looking concerned, watching your progress. Anyway, well, you guys sit in silence while you listen to the tapes a little bit. Do you tell her that you were able to uh, figure out what they were saying? Because you you can't, but it is a rather insistent. It sounds a little more intense than a normal than the whale song you heard in Doctor Keen or in uh, Section Director Keen's office. Are we are we going to cue sound effects for this for the insistent whale? Oh, oh yes. Okay. Well, we'll let that go. Um, so I'm going to. I would like to make a. Uh, you can you could you could make me do mind or soul, but I would like to attempt to in listening. Co- I mean, come up with some bullshitty answer that sounds like it might be convincing. All right. Well, I think uh, it should totally be since it falls more into the realm of bullshit. I think that soul would probably be best. She's not a marine bio- biologist either, so. Um, I can't translate this exactly. But, and of course, we'll have to feed it into the mainframes um, back at headquarters. Uh, However, it sounds to me probable that the Soviets are involved somehow. (gasps) And may be attempting to weaponize whales or train them or something. Oh no, not not the darling whales. Yeah, oh. that's that's what it's that's uh, it, it's tough. I mean, again, we'll have to feed it into the computers and uh, oh, have them analyze. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Promise let... me you won't let that happen. Well, we will do our best. Um, and up to and including, I, I would imagine, uh, military intervention. But that's not up to me, of course. That the Congress and the President will have to uh, oh. decide on that. Why does the world have to be so messed up? She says and throws herself under your shoulder. Well, cries probably just because of the pent-up frustration of the day. I mean, you know, all the, the trauma of the day is finally starting to get to her, and she weeps on your shoulder there, sitting in the LTD parked in front of her house. Well, it'll be all right. 
in time, uh, we will deal with these things as needed, but you're right, I'm afraid the world is a little messed up. Meanwhile, you're lying in the hospital bed now, all the initial treatments are done, you're, you're kind of bandaged up, and uh, Alexander Keene comes in. So, it's Jamaica all over again. <laughs> oh, I, I was so close. Tell me, tell me that, uh, tell me you didn't pay too high a price. Tell me we've got to leave. I've, I, the last second I got my tracking device on the blonde-haired man. Doctor, bring me Agent Thor's tracking device. Because they, like, took off all your clothes and watch and everything. Yeah. He, he gives it back to you, and you take a look at it. Well, th there's a little dot, like, it's going out over the Atlantic Ocean right now. Like, he must be on a plane mm -hmm. or something. Good God, he's on his way to Europe? No, no. He looks... Iceland? He's on his way to Iceland. Interesting. Hmm. Yes, very interesting. We're gonna need to get, uh... Listen, you get rest. You get some rest... I'm gonna go interface with uh, with Agent Rigatoni. And listen, I think it's a good, good thing that you're still with us, my friend. You know, there are a lot of excellent ways to serve from behind a desk the way I do. Something to think about. Nonsense. I'm as fit as a fiddle. I don't wanna see Not you. Not right now, but. I don't wanna see you go the hard way in the field. But you know, maybe that's the way the best and the brightest always go the hard way. Keen leaves the room, turns the light off. You lay there in the dark, in, in bed, feeling... Maybe you're feeling a little... Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's... that's, that's uh, we're going to wrap up Act 1 of our spy adventure. So... You're not going not gonna to talk to me? What happened with, what happened with the girl? The Goyle? Well, she, she, I thought it was a nice fade-out moment. She's crying on your shoulder in front of the house, and then the viewers can wonder whether you walked her to the door, whether anything happened, so on and so forth. No, I want explicit details. <laughs> For explicit details, email... If there email. are girls there, I want to do that. <laughs> well, Charity Pinch, like many, spy, like many girls in spy thrillers, probably here for at least partially that purpose. The only question is whether she's... Irrevocably attracted to. But look at the feathers in my head. To fit, or perhaps though, the heroic, uh, dignified elder gentleman. We'll just have to wait and see who can who can win the heart <laughs> of Charity Pinch. It's gonna be me. I don't think so, old man. We're gonna spit roast that girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you uh, have any ideas, if you're listening and you have any ideas who she should end up with, uh, please. <laughs> we're both fucking horrible people. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think we're gonna go ahead and sign out for this episode. So we will see you guys next time. <laughs>